Hello, and welcome to Our Walk Together. This is the place where we have a chance to listen and to learn from others on our walk. My name is Paul Wong, and I will be your host, but also a fellow traveler. I'm glad that you're able to join me today on Our Walk Together. My guest today is Roger Butts. Roger spent seven years as a chaplain in a 500-bed hospital in Colorado Springs. During that time, he dealt with the patients and staff affected by the COVID virus. He was there for the very sick patients and also to support those caring for them. Roger is a former staffer on Capitol Hill and a former organizer against the death penalty. Roger has been an ordained minister for the last 20 years, serving in the Unitarian Universalist Church. Roger advocates centering prayer and other contemplative practices which seem more and more needed in our world today. He believes in the importance of meditation, contemplation, and prayer daily in order to deepen the ability to reflect on one's life's challenges. I'm happy to have Roger Butts walk with us and share his insights. Welcome, Roger, to our walk together. Um, a lot of the things that you you were t- talking about, and a lot of the things I was reading about you were really fascinating. Um, one of the big ones was your your work with patients who uh, were going through COVID and were in the hospital and all that. That had to be a really challenging thing to to try to do. Uh, so, so my question basically is, what do you tell people? You know, um, you know, I think we've all lived through that, you know, and sadly, some people never learned the lesson. But um, and you know, we don't know, even know what to say to relatives or friends that we know have have been a part of it. And, you know, I know for myself being a senior, um, you know, I spent like a year and a half in my house, you know, essentially uh, and afraid. It's the most it's the most fearful I think I've ever been in my life over a medical condition. So what, what happens when, what do you, what do you tell people? I, you know? Yes. I mean, COVID was difficult on a number of levels. It was difficult for the staff. I ran into so many nurses on critical care. I I remember one who um, looked at me and started crying and say, said, all I'm using my hands for is CPR on COVID patients, and mm-hmm. I know it's not going to end well. And it is. It was a. It was a raw, difficult moment. So I know the nurses were stretched, and I provided a lot of listening for them. I know doctors were perplexed, especially in the in the beginning, um, on how to communicate with families. And, you know, I just sit there and, and support the families and, um, and it was, it was hard on everybody. There is not a lot you can say. I remember the very first case I had, um, the thing that complicated the case 
was that it was it was the second person who died in my county. I'm I'm in Colorado Springs. So it was well over a year ago and you know almost a year and a half now. And the the thing was so new that everybody was just so confused about what it was and if it could help. And the thing that made it hard was that there were these protocols. So that the even even at times when this man who was dying was very sick, his wife couldn't go in. And when she could go in, she had to go in alone. Her two adult sons couldn't go with her. So there was all this disconnect. There was all this disconnect. And finally, when she died, um, when he died, uh, the two sons and she were able to go in there. And the nurse lovingly in the ICU put the, the papper on, put the gown on, put the gloves on. And um, people ask me all the time, where do you see God in this? And that's where I saw God in all of this. I know I've talked to, to many nurses uh, who, you know, were, were working in ICU or working in floors. Um, they took one hospital here and just made it completely into a, a COVID hospital. And the nurses would say that the hardest thing for them was that they were the person that was there usually with the person when they died. There was no family, nobody who was close. It was them, you know, and that's not something even as nurses, you get trained very well to do, you know, Um, usually you're relying on the family to fulfill that role. So it takes a toll on them as well. Oh my gosh. Yes. And um, luckily I think from the beginning, we were able to get um, those family members in so that I don't think Mm. there was one time when somebody died alone, but we had them hooked up to a phone where their family was on the East coast and the West coast. And there was no getting them there. And we, the nurse and I had them on the phone and they talked the whole time. They talked the whole time and then she died. And I talked to them about next steps. Um, is amazing. Uh, would Would you like to hear one of my readings about how to approach? Some, sure. You, you ask what I say, mm-hmm. and there's nothing. I mean, there's nothing to say. Nothing to say when it's a good death. Nothing to say when it's a bad death. Yeah. <clears throat> but share it with us. But um, you are present, and that's the that's the whole thing. Years ago, when I was a chaplain. I um I was asked to visit an old lady who was about to go to hospice and she was alone because her family was at home um resting. And so uh, the nurse was like, "Roger, she's in there mumbling the Lord's prayer." And I was like, "Well, okay." And so I walk in and she, sure enough she's in there mumbling the Lord's prayer and I'm like, "I know the Lord's prayer. I can I can so I, I held her hand, and she, she's saying the Lord's Prayer, and she noticed me, notices me as we get towards the end. And um, she looks at me and says, oh, well, I seem to have forgotten the ending, but thank you, God, for everything. Oh, wow. I know. It's like, oh, my God, it was so 
So I, I wrote a little something about how to how to approach somebody when when their loved one has died or they're close to death or they're in a in traumatic situation. First, walk gently. You're entering into the great mystery. Sorrow, regret, anger, grief, relief. You never know what you'll find. You may as well walk gently into that room, which will likely be dark and quiet. Second, talk gently. The dead dream, and the survivors do too. They're in a fog or out to sea or in the deep woods. Pick your image, but talk gently. That mystery will one day be you and yours. Third, act gently. Your gentleness will invite whatever needs to happen to happen. If at all possible, make it so the wife, husband, mother, child hardly knows you're there. Listen gently. Listen with your eyes and your ears and mostly your heart. The stories will come. Be there to hear them. Stories remind the wife that she is still alive and is alone and not alone all at once. Be the spirit or Jesus or Muhammad or the Buddha. Pick your guide and be that person. Mary, Dorothy Day, Thomas Merton, it matters not. Of course, you are the best option. So be you in all of your quirky, unexpected, beautiful, flawed, perfect essence. Amen. That's beautiful. I'm sure a lot of listeners are going to be sitting there saying, oh, wow. You know, I can, I can hear them saying it almost. You know, that was really, really beautiful. Thank you. Um, that's always the, the hardest time. And I was, I was talking with someone, um, in fact, the last podcast I did, so, um, does a lot of, um, work with folks, especially at funerals and things like that. And, you know, he was talking about what a privilege it is to be at that point with someone else. Oh my God. You know, and as the outsider to the family, what a privilege it is to witness that transition. Absolutely. You know. And it's amazing, you know, he said, and you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you think about what happens, you know, is do you go someplace Do you, is this the end? Is this, you know, whatever he says, it, it doesn't matter. That's the transition. And it's beautiful. Exactly. You know, I just thought, wow, that's a really good way to look at that. Oh yeah. Nobody, um, when, when I, when I was doing full-time hospital chaplaincy and I'm in a transition now, I'm going back towards parish ministry, but, um, uh, you know, nobody asked me my view of the Trinity. Nobody, you know, it, it is not the time for abstractions. Now is the time for abstractions. <laughs> On the deathbed, none of those things matter. And you certainly don't Very want to true. center yourself. You you want to you want to just. It is a privilege to be there, and and you don't you don't want to um, you don't want to take away from the holiness and the sacred moment. And it is a sacred moment. I think sometimes we forget about that. And don't let ourselves feel that it's a it's a sacred moment in in life. Oh, absolutely. And we'll all be there. You know, I mean, that's the beauty yep. of it is that whether you're a nurse or a doctor, um, a chaplain or a tech, whatever, you get reminded all the time that um, the, these moments are precious. Eternity is right in this mm -hmm. moment. It's not something beyond that. That um, right. you know, whatever metaphor you use for the holy or for the divine, um, right here, right now. All right. 
That's very, very true. Um, you, you talk um, a little bit about uh, working with the staff in the hospitals and um, self-care for those in healthcare and healthcare workers, family caregivers, social justice, and all that kind of stuff. Um, why is that, that self-care important for all those folks? Well, I mean, any, any helping profession, any helping profession, you, you've got to know what re-energizes you. You got to know what triggers you. You have to know what is going to cause you to want to run away and hide. Um, and you can't always anticipate all of those questions, but you've got to try to figure out, like, um, how do I recharge my batteries? And so sometimes it's prayer. Sometimes it's a hike. I mean, I live in the mountains of Colorado, and so everybody hikes here. Everybody has a dog. Everybody spends time with their dog on a mountaintop. And, um, you know, sometimes it's yoga. Um, it's whatever it is that's your practice, um, you've got to do it so that you can re recharge those batteries, especially in a time like this with COVID and its variants and all of that. Um, and you have to, you know, there's, I, I think the, the invitation is there to attach your story to a larger story, whether you're atheist or Buddhist or Christian or more than one religion, a pagan, whatever you are, that if you can find a way to put your story into a larger story, um, you you begin to, to have that thing that's so important called perspective, you know? And... Um, it's harder than it sounds. Self-care is important for everybody. My wife is a minister. She's a minister in the United Church of Christ. I'm a Unitarian Universalist and a follower of the way of Jesus. She's in the United Church of Christ. Both of those traditions came out of the Puritan church and became the lib the most liberal expressions of, of Christian thought. But, um, uh, you know, the... The thing that she does is she takes our, our black lab and she has a path in Bear Creek Regional Park, which is right next to our house, and she walks for an hour and a half um, in that park with that dog, and that's her prayer time. I do other practices, but, um, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. got to do it. And when you don't do it, you can feel what it. What would you say what what would you say to somebody who comes to you, you know, after listening to that and says, okay, but I have this to do and that to do and the other thing to do. And I got to take the kids to soccer practice. And, you know, I, I just don't have time. Yeah. What, what, what would you say to them? Yeah. Join the club. Yeah. Stop whining. Join the club. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just, you, you know, unless now there are systemic issues like where somebody has to have two, um, two jobs and they take the bus and, you know, but even on the bus, what do you have? You have time to breathe, right? Even on the bus, you have time to take a, a, a one-minute pause. Um, even if you have to chart after, you know, having three patients or whatever it is, right? Um, 
even if you have to chart, um, you can take a, a 30 second moment to release. And, um, and so I would say if you're, if you're feeling busy and you're not working three jobs and having two kids and doing it as a person alone, um, otherwise, uh, the 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 busier you are, the more you need it. Busier you are, the faster mm-hmm. you're going to get to burnout. And um, right, and you know you can you can collapse um, in a couple of years, or you can or you can try some practices to get your shit together. Yeah, that burnout is the the hardest thing because you don't see it coming at first and then all of a sudden there it is. I had, I had a dear friend in the ICU at, at the hospital I work at and um she was she was not she was a great nurse and she was young. She had addiction issues. And um things got to her and things got to her and she she died um from mm-hmm. she couldn't overcome her addiction and um I miss her all the time. I miss her all the time. And, um, yeah, it's important. Self-care is important. It doesn't matter if you're religious, spiritual, none, um, a nun, or none of the above, whichever mm-hmm. it is you are. Self-care and spiritual practices are important, which is why I wrote this book, Seeds of Devotion. Um, available on Amazon. Um, available on <laughs> Barnes & Noble. Uh, ask your library to buy a copy. Um, I bought it because I tell a little story and then I include a little prayer. You've heard one of the prayers. And then I ask little reflection questions um, to, because I know my stories, but the key is for you to have your stories add up to something that's important and, and make of your life a sacred text. Right. So what is centering prayer? You talk about prayer and centering prayer. What is centering prayer? That's the practice that I have landed on. It comes out of the Christian monastic tradition, um, the Catholic monastic tradition. It is a practice that looks a lot like Buddhist meditation. But you um, come to it in the following ways. You um, you sit down. You pick a sacred word. So that sacred word, which needs to not be super long or phrase, um, peace, love, Jesus, Mary, whatever you want. But um, if it becomes like... If it becomes long, then you're missing the point, right? But that word becomes a um, an agreement between you and God, you and the divine, um, that you're going to make space and be available in that moment. Make space and be available. That word is your consent. You sit for 20 minutes. And um, once you realize that in minute four uh, or minute one, you're um, doing your grocery list and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to buy the hummus because it's on sale this week. 
Um, <laughs> you very gently, like a feather landing on a pillow, you very gently return to that sacred word, which reminds you to. And um, after 20 minutes, it's over. You um, sit for another minute. And um, that's it. And then you just pray. You know, you you ask God or pray or ask God or, uh, you know, remind yourself to um, have that posture be a part of your everyday. That's it. And um, what you're doing is, is self-emptying. So a lot of the Centrine prayer writers say that kenosis, this idea that Jesus um, self-emptied, um, self-empty for this for the sake of humanity. Um, you're replicating that posture and self-emptying so that God can do whatever God's going to do inside of you. And sometimes you don't know. And so you say to yourself, "Well, Roger, um, you 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 know you're you're crazy and you have ADD, so you know." you're going to have a thousand times in 20 minutes where stuff comes into your mind. Father Keating, who found, helped found this, says, oh, wonderful, a thousand opportunities to let go. What we're doing is practicing letting go. That's centering prayer. So it, it very much comes, obviously comes out of the contemplative, um, contemplative prayer vein of, of faith where, yeah. you know, that's what we, sh- that's what we should be about it's con- in many ways, you know, yeah, it's contemplative, it's quiet. You're not asking. I mean, there's, there's plenty of opportunity in a life to ask God for something or to speak, you know, the Lord's prayer like that old lady was doing, um, or to pray the poets or pray, you know, with words. Mm-hmm. This is about silence, and this is about emptying, emptying out space. And that's what, I mean, that's what I would say to the person who's busy, right? Like, do two minutes of self-emptying, because your 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 life is full right now, and the, the, the sacred recharge is going to be in, in, in creating some space for yourself. And sometimes it's taking that time just to listen. You know, I think so many times um, we we get into this, um, you know, prayer thing where, you know, I'm always talking and I can almost I can almost visualize God at times saying, would you just shut right. up for a minute? Exactly. You know, <laughs> let me in for a while. And we, we don't you know, we don't give him that give God that opportunity. Right. You know, it's like and but yet then we don't know how to interpret what we what those answers and things are, you know, somebody, somebody said the other day, I was listening to a lecture and they were talking about prayer in particular. And um, his thing was that, you know, you, you don't necessarily hear words, you know, though sometimes people do, but he said, pay attention to what, when you're in that, that quiet time, what is the desire that's hitting you right at the heart? Yes says there's your answer yes. you know and you'll get it if you pay attention to amen it. yes longing is longing is um is so much the deal um all right well yeah so that's my you know that's 
That's my practice. Um, and I love that practice. And I'm surprised that I've ended up there. But here we are. And um, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, I like it a lot. And I now I'm teaching a couple of classes and doing that. Not teaching classes, but I have a small group that is that meets up in the Black Forest of Colorado, and we we sit in silence together once a month, and it's really really fun. Here's um, a gentleman was talking. Go ahead. Oh, I I was going to say. Um, Go ahead. Here's a here's a little prayer. After a story I wrote called Buddha and Jesus and the Goddess were sitting around talking, lamenting that nobody listens to them. (laughs) (laughs) How did they miss the point? Um, All of this is active imagination, right? It's just getting creative with this stuff. Feel your breathing right now. The inhale, the exhale. The Holy Spirit is breath. The goddess is breath. Life is breath. Calm your mind. Sit still. Sitting still is an act of revolutionary love. It is an act of radical resistance. Inhale peace. Exhale love. All of that. Feel the earth move under your feet. All of that. Trust that you are right where you're supposed to be. Trust that you know deep in your bones the next step, the next step, the next step. Know the power of your faith, whatever you call yourself or don't call yourself, however you identify or don't. Let the holy in your breathing shine on you and into you. The power of just being you at this moment with this breath. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you. Brings to mind uh, um, uh, a practice that someone had shared with me one time, and the the whole idea was uh, talking about um, how do you. It has a lot to do probably with the centering prayer in that too. But he, the practice is is so cool because he was talking about the um, the the Hebrew scriptures and and when Moses is asking God, you know, who are you and all that kind of stuff. And, his basic premise was that God actually was, God actually was saying, "I'm breath, oh, I love it. I'm life, I'm breath," which was wonderful. And he said, "He said, now try this." And I've used it with other people before, so I just share it. Is when you're getting ready, and and when you're when you're paying attention to that breath, use God's name, the oh. Hebrew name, the Hebrew looking. So on the inhale, you're saying Yah. And then when you let go, it's way. And you just, after you've done it a while, it just is so, uh, it just fits. I love it. (laughs) I love it. It just fits. You know, it's it's a great, it's a great little practice. So that, I love that. Uh, Um, As a matter of fact, Carl McCullman, who's a good friend who writes about centering prayer and the life of the spirit. um, He says all the time, you know, your sacred word does not have to be a sacred word. It can be your breath. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what this book is about. I, I, I've written a book with lots of different, there's a Muhammad story, a Buddha story, a lot of chaplaincy stories and prayers, um, little prayers and, and stories that I've, I've 
collected over 20 years of ministry. And um, there have been ups and downs and difficulties and resilience. And the idea is, is to alight your, you know, alight your imagination and increase your compassion. Um, that's the whole, that's the whole idea. So would you like to hear this called Seeds of Devotion? Sure. Weekly Contemplations on Faith um, by Roger Butts. The second week of Advent 2020 in the deep pines of the Black Forest, Colorado. Um, that's when I finished it up. But it was published um, earlier this year. Um, I'm going to read a blessing for you. I have to find. Ah, here it is. You ready? This will be our. This will be our final word. Is that good? That's good. Um, and thank you for having on, me on. I love this walk together. Thank you for being here. I wish our Black Lab could have joined us. Our Black Lab would have loved this walk. <laughs> <clears throat> this is um. This is after the, a story called the death of the Buddha. It's a little prayer, but it's a blessing for you and your reading reader. I mean, your listeners. May life surprise you today. May a sense of grace come out of nowhere in the middle of your daily tasks. May a sense of peace find you in the unlikeliest of places. May a sense of courage and renewal find you. May God's love surround you. And may a gentleness, a returning quietness, and a restoring stillness be with you now and always. A restorative wholeness is yours to claim and embrace. And may faith, hope, and love be your constant companions. God bless your day. Amen. Thank you. And thank you for being with us today. Um, besides your book, which, you know, I'll plug it for you. They can get it on Amazon and on Barnes & Noble, probably most all major major booksellers. And if anybody who's listening missed the title and all that kind of stuff, just Shoot me an email, and I'll be glad to to share that with you. Um, there he goes. He's he's showing it to me right now again. Uh, <laughs> seeds of contemplation. Seeds of devotion. Seeds, of, seeds devotion. of devotion. There you go. Weekly by uh, weekly contemplations on faith. Seeds of cool. devotion. Great. Yeah. Um. And is there, if anybody wanted to get a hold of you or talk with you, or is there a way that they can contact you? Is there Absolutely. Um, I'm on Facebook, Roger Butts. I'm on medium.com at liberal Christian. Um, and, you know, if you want to share my email, I'll be happy to share sure. that with okay. you. Um, anybody can reach sure. me at any time about about this stuff. Wonderful. I'm not at any time. I mean, well, thank you. Know, I yeah, <laughs> reasonable at times. midnight I will be asleep. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with us today, Roger. Um, you know, I'm sure it, it was a blessing to all those who are listening to us. And so I thank you on their behalf as oh, well. Thanks, it's a blessing to be with you. Once again, I would like to thank Roger for being with us today. If you need his email address or if you need his website or if you need any information, feel free to send me an email and I'll be happy to give that information out to you.
Well, the music means that we're at the end of our time together. I hope you enjoy this part of our walk. I invite you to take a look at my website, ourwalktogether.com. All of the episodes are posted there, as well as a growing amount of information about my guests, as well as topics that are discussed or may be of interest. If you missed any of the web addresses discussed in the podcast, send me an email through the site and I'll be glad to give you that information. Importantly, let your friends know about the podcast and the website. The best way to grow is by you telling others. And so until we meet again, this is Paul Long wishing you peace, joy, and nothing but goodness on our walk together.